I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Travel with Googs. Florida is one of the most diverse states in the country, from the military-based sections around Jacksonville in the north, to the famous racetrack of Daytona, to the huge amusement complexes in the center of the state, to the Kennedy Space Center, to Tony Palm Beach and its mansions as you travel down the East Coast. Keep going and you run into Miami and Miami Beach. From there, you travel into the Keys, ending at Key West. The West Coast features the cities of Tampa and St. Petersburg, but you also hit large rural agricultural areas. Travel south from Tampa and you run into Sarasota, former home to the now-closed Wrinkling Brothers Circus. High-rise hotels have replaced the once quiet city, but the beaches are still beautiful and great for collecting shells. A two-hour drive as you travel down the state brings you to the expensive area of Naples with its beautiful beaches and outdoor restaurants. The state also has some very nice barrier islands. Sanibel, below Sarasota, is a cute area with nice little restaurants, but traffic can be a bit heavy at times since it has one main street. However, don't let that stop you from visiting. It's a great area to get away from it all and enjoy the beautiful sand beaches. Another popular destination below Naples is Marco Island. High-rise hotels front the beautiful white sand beaches. Now let's delve more specifically to some of the areas I've mentioned. Orlando is filled with amusement parks, the biggest being the sprawling Disney World, Epcot, and Universal. Some of the rides are amazing and will give you lots of thrills. But with all this comes a lot of traffic, both inside the parks, which can be incredibly crowded, and outside on the roads in the area. Several suggestions. Plan your visit right when they open, take a break in the afternoon, and then head back in the late afternoon. There will be fewer crowds and you'll give yourself a chance to take a break, which not only the kids need, but adults too. Make food reservations in the parks before you get to Orlando. Some of the rides also require advanced reservations, some even months before you go. Also, try and avoid going when the crowds are the largest around holidays and school breaks. Take a day off and drive over to the Kennedy Space Center. You can see some of the rockets that lifted our astronauts into outer space. Palm Beach, several hours south, is home to beautiful homes and mansions. Take a drive on Ocean Boulevard for gorgeous views of the ocean on one side and lovely residences on the other. Some of the restaurants are quite expensive, but you can also find places that are reasonable with delicious seafood and scrumptious key lime pie, the best I've ever had. South, an hour and a half away, is Miami Beach, and the traffic gets heavier as you travel through Fort Lauderdale and Hollywood. Collins Ave in Miami Beach is lined with very expensive high-rise condos. One even has a garage for your car that goes up to your floor. Talk about cars, you'll get tired counting the Bentleys and Lamborghinis you'll see on Collins Avenue. Going towards Miami, you'll come to South Beach, an area that used to be populated by the elderly and inexpensive apartments that is now home to trendy restaurants and boutique hotels. The food at many of the establishments is very good, and it's a great place to people watch as you look out onto the Atlantic, but it can get very crowded. Travel through downtown Miami, and you'll come to Vizcaya, a beautiful Spanish-style estate with extensive Italian Renaissance gardens. It's well worth the price of admission. From there, take Rickenbacker Causeway to this aquarium, where you'll see all kinds of sea life, including stingrays, eels, and manatees. After your visit, keep driving and you'll shortly come to Crandon Park with its beautiful beaches and palm trees, some of which are so angled you can climb part of them. There are several separate beaches, all beautiful with barbecues and plenty of shade to give you a respite from the blazing sun. A short drive and you come to exclusive Key Biscayne. Heading back to Miami, take a detour to Coral Gables. 
The beautiful city is home to the University of Miami and to the large public Venetian pool, designed as a Spanish grotto with caves to explore in a large swimming area. Next on the agenda, the Keys for some great fishing. At the bottom of the Keys, Key West. Take a boat or fly there since it's a boring three-and-a-half-hour drive from Miami, although there are a number of places to stop along the way for some top-notch fishing. Key West, the former home of Ernest Hemingway, has a lively street scene with reasonably placed restaurants and great Sioux food. Quaint houses line the area. One house you can visit is filled with cats. Make sure to take a picture in front of the monument that says you're at the southernmost tip of the United States. If you want, take a long boat ride to the Dry Tortugas, where you can explore old shipwrecks and the now-closed prison. Littering part of the beach, you can see the so-called rafts and boats that carried many migrants from Cuba. If the hustle and bustle and insane traffic of Miami Beach and Fort Lauderdale does not appeal to you, head west to the Gulf Coast with its beautiful beaches. More and more people are finding southwest Florida, which is quieter to their liking. One of the nicest areas is Naples, but it can be quite expensive. Some of the houses run into the many millions of dollars. Lovely outdoor restaurants line the downtown, and there's a thriving art scene. A couple of minutes from there is North Naples, which is a bit quieter you'll find an expensive area called Pelican Bay, but not everything is pricey. Vanderbilt Beach is free and top-rated Delmore Wiggins Park has a small entrance fee, but the gorgeous beaches are well worth the price. This is a great area for bicyclists, less traffic and flat roads. As you ride along the bike lanes, you'll definitely see more Bentley convertibles and Ferraris than Toyotas and Chevys. But a negative is red tide, the organism that hits the Gulf on a regular basis. It can keep you away from the beaches for a few days. It has a pungent odor and can cause some coughing and itchy eyes. It's generally worse in the Sarasota area, but can travel south to Marco Island. Dead fish can wash up on the beaches when the tide hits. Despite this, Naples is well worth a visit. About a half hour or so south is the Everglades and Alligator Alley. I had always wanted to ride an airboat through the Everglades, and unfortunately I did so. The boats have giant fans at the back and fly through the swamps. I told them I couldn't get wet because of a cast on my foot, and they said, no problem. They then proceeded to zigzag through the mangroves at high speed, soaking everybody on board. I made the mistake of wearing a hat, which flew off my head, only to get shredded in the giant fan. It's kind of like a roller coaster on the water. It might have been more fun if I had not been wearing a cast, had a better expectation of what to expect, and had dry clothes to change into, but they did say there wouldn't be a problem. Afterwards, they give you admission to an alligator museum where you see all kinds and sizes of alligators. Most baby animals are cute, but not so alligators. Some people had a great time, but this is not something I'll do again. Friends visited the area, and their experience also is not the most positive, and were sorry they took the boring drive to the area because there isn't much to do or see, an experience not to behold. For baseball fans, the state is a great place to visit since many baseball teams hold their spring training there. The prices are a lot cheaper and you can get much better seats than you can at the team's regular stadiums. I called for tickets the day before a Yankees game in Tampa and paid very little for seats right behind home plate. Something most people don't realize is the weather in Florida is not always sunny and bright. There are definitely times it can be quite cool and chilly. This is especially true in January, but then again it's still a lot warmer than what you would experience in the Northeast and Midwest. There have been many instances of snow in the Sunjin State, but it's highly unlikely that will be a problem when you visit. If you plan on going in the summer, expect very hot and humid weather. It's hard to find a better state on the East Coast that has nicer weather more times than not, 
and the beaches, whether you're on the east or west coast, are beautiful. And if you're into outdoor activities, it's a great place to visit. I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Travel with Googs.